everyone. This is Going Beyond Salvation. We are in episode 14, and I am your host, Jess Robinson. And today we are talking about, um, we are talking about daily reading. And last time that we left off, um, Jacob had, had to flee from, you know, his brother Esau after all the deception. And as we continue on, Jacob, you know, he left Beersheba and he sets out for Haran to go find um, his mother's um, family to get a wife. And he ends up, you know, laying down to go to sleep at night and he has this dream and it has a vision where he sees a stairway and resting on the earth with its top reaching to the heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And they end up, you know, he has this experience with the Lord and the Lord pretty much tells them that he is the Lord, the the God of his father Abraham and, and of Isaac. And he, you know, emphasizes that he's going to give, you know, his descendants the land on which he's lying, you know. So he's, you know, pretty much still in the land of Canaan before he, you know, gets to Haran. And he promises that and he reemphasizes the same promise that he's he gave back to Abraham, even though that there had... Jacob obtained this through deception and it was just because you know you know I think the Lord just wanted you know he wanted the Lord or he wanted Jacob you know and 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 even though and like you saw with Abraham that he was lying and and all of that God still worked to align them to your will and to, to his will. And he, um, you know, so pretty much that's what he's doing with, with Jacob is he's working to align Jacob to his will. And we will see that Jacob, you know, ends up, um, dying, worshiping the Lord on his staff and giving blessings to his children later on. And so he ends up, waking up and he's like wow you know this is this is surely where God is at and so he you know he ends up placing a stone or placing this the stone that was under his head and he sets it up as a pillar and and he calls the place Bethel and he makes a vow that you know if God's going to be with him and that he's going to watch on watch him on this journey um that he's going to return safely you know, and, and that he promised that this is going to be God's house. And he also makes a promise that this is going to be a tenth or to give him a tenth, which is another reference to tithing. And Bethel actually means house of God. And, um, it, it represents any place where God is present in a very special sense. And then he arrives in Padan Aram and it's there that he ends up, he, he, he meets all these shepherds and in the process, Rachel comes 
she's she's a shepherdess and he ends up telling Rachel you know who is the daughter of Laban which Laban is his uncle and you know he begins to weep when he finds his family because he knows that the Lord's been with him and Laban comes and goes wow you know and and it welcomes you know Jacob into his home and then finally, you know, he's like, you shouldn't work for me for free. What do you want? And, you know, Jacob has fallen in love with Rachel. And, and you know, there's two daughters, Leah and Rachel. And Rachel was beautiful. And Leah was weak in eyes. And um, he wanted Rachel to be his wife. And we see that Jacob you know, reaps what he sows, that, you know, he sowed deception and in return deception came upon him. And when he was supposed to, you know, have his night with Rachel, you know, his wedding night with Rachel, it was Leah instead. And there was this big deception. And then he has to work another seven years for Rachel. He gets, you know, Rachel after finishing off Leah's wedding week and which goes against God's, you know, plan for marriage that is supposed to be one man and one woman. And the rest of the daily reading, you see that there is this huge jealousy and fight between the two sisters because, you know, Leah, she's not loved. And so the Lord opens up her womb and she ends up having you know, all these children, she has all these sons, and Rachel's, like, not getting pregnant, and you notice through Leah, that is her, one of her sons is Judah, and it's through the line of Judah that, that Jesus comes from, and so, um, often God will take the side of those who are oppressed or treated wrongfully, you know, he does not tolerate injustice, especially among his his covenant people. And so he did not like what was going on with Leah and how she was being treated. And but you see that there's jealousy, there's you know manipulation among the sisters and then they involve their their servants and so Jacob ends up getting all these you know children from four, four different women. And, you know, but we see through Leah that, you know, the line, the lineage of, of the Messiah coming through. And, but he always loved Rachel. And so it just kind of just shows that, you know, like polygamy, you see that there's going to be a lot of jealousy a lot of strife, a lot of manipulation going on, you know, like there, there are, there is a TV show that, you know, we all know it as Sister Wives where it, you know, glorifies polygamy, but, you know, to be honest, you really, there's things that you don't see when the camera isn't rolling. And, you know, I, I believe that there's more to the story than, that what, than what you see on TV. And so, you know, and I think we, you know, 
we just have to take, you know, our marriages as well when it's just between a man and a woman and be careful because jealousy can be between a husband and wife as well. It's jealousy is very dangerous when it's not, when it's not healthy and it can, you know, cause a wife to have resentment towards her husband when he's, you know, off golfing and, you know, she's at home cleaning the house or, you know, she's very popular in church and everybody wants all the women in church want to go hang out with her. And, you know, he's left home with the dog. So he has resentment that she's popular and, but she resents that, you know, that he's, that the dog is more loyal to him. That ends up bringing a lot of strife against marriages is jealousy. And it brings manipulation into the, the deal. And so, you know, we have to be careful and, and learn to, to celebrate, you know, our husband, you know, wives celebrate your husband's achievements, be their biggest cheerleader in the same way with husbands being the biggest cheerleader for your wife and encouraging them when, you know, they are the popular one in church or there's, you know, and going, being able to go out and be with other women and, discipling other women we have to encourage each other and be our biggest cheerleaders so that's pretty much it for genesis and then we jump to matthew then we have um in matthew we start back up and we had ended about you know he was sending out his apostles and that and he was warning them that they are going to be taken into a synagogue. They'll be flogged. But they don't have to be afraid because of what to say when they have to speak because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to give them words to speak. And, you know, we, you know, tie that back to us that we are to go out and proclaim the gospel and and go pray over the sick and raise the dead, you know, cast out demons in the same way. And that we are going to find persecution in some areas and and oppression in the same way and opposition. So continuing on, you know, he, he talks about, you know, brother's going to betray brother and, and father, you know, his child, a father and his child, you know, children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You know, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. You know, when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Um, practically, you know, he's warning them and, you know, and it still happens to this day that, you know, you see it, like, especially in Arab countries, you see it in places like India and, and several other countries where the persecution is really high that, and like I even heard from, or read from a, a person who was a convert in North Korea, and they were, how they ended up in jail was because their own child had been told by teachers to find a, a Bible and tell 
their teacher if they have a Bible. Well, then the teacher went and told the government and, and the authorities. And that's how they got arrested. Their own child betrayed them. And, you know, they ended up being put in a jail. And so, you know, they're, we're going to find persecution in, in places. And many people who have to, or who, you know, hear about the gospel, it's counting the cost for them because it means that they, you know, family, you know, will disown them. And, you know, it could even mean that they end up dying. You know, I, you know, that's, you know, you're leaving this old life behind. And so, but, you know, he ends up telling them to not be afraid at, at, in verse 26, to not be afraid. You know, he was telling his disciples that their battle against Satan was going to expose them to Satan's counterattack. And, but they didn't need to be afraid because the Holy Spirit and the Father was going to sustain them and that they had to remain faithful to the word of Christ, preaching openly, frankly, and courage courageously. It's the same way with us. You know, I found like a meme on on Facebook one time. It really wasn't a funny meme, but what it was saying was so true that, you know, when you're not experiencing an attack from Satan, then you're not, you know, you're, when you're experiencing, when you're not experiencing an attack from Satan, you need to look at your life because, you know, when you're experiencing attacks from Satan, it's because he doesn't have you. And so he's got you in your, in his crosshairs because he doesn't have you. If, you're not saved. He's not worried about you because he knows where you're going, which is the next thing we'll, we'll talk about. But, and so, but we don't need to be afraid because really, you know, we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives, you know, he, like, I like, you know, I heard the term that he's the, the spy in the enemy's camp, which he is. When you work, look in our, in the Bible and, the word of God, which is, you know, divinely inspired by God. And it was through the Holy Spirit. So everything, every answer is in this book. You know, Satan is not making new demon babies every single day. You know, and everything is, you know, there's nothing new underneath the sun. And so... When we experience the attack of the enemy, we have the Holy Spirit who's going to help us, you know, have a way to escape and get through these trials. And so, you know, and to, and strengthen us. So we have to continue on. We have to continue on reading our word, being in prayer, preaching, you know, the gospel and standing up for what we believe. And so... Yeah, he's he's telling them that. And then he also, in verse 12 and 28, in chapter 10, he talks about, you know, 
you know, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And, you know, the, the word hell, it actually refers to a real place. And it's a real place of eternal torment that is reserved for the ungodly. It's reserved for the ones who choose to reject, you know, that the free gift of eternal salvation. You know, Christ died for the sins of the world. He died to cleanse us of our sins. And, you know, because before Christ, we are, you know, condemned to death. We're condemned to hell because we're separated from God. But Jesus puts that, you know, and the cross brings a bridge between us and God. And he cleanses our sins. He brings us back into a relationship with God because we were, we were meant to know the Lord. And when we sin, it separates us from God. And so those who continually choose to reject God and his eternal salvation and those who continue to live ungodly and, and not, you know, repent of their sins and, and not, you know, except Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that's where they go. And it's not that the Lord created hell for us. He created hell for, for Satan and, and his, his demons to go. But, you know, like, I, it's just like an image of, you know, because people are like, well, why would he do such a thing? And it's like, well, it's kind of like when you're, you're at home and somebody knocks on your door and says, and you don't know this person and they say, well, I'm here and I'm here to stay at your house. And your, your reaction is going to be, I don't know you, you are not going to stay in my house. And that's how it is as with the Lord is if we don't know him, we don't know Jesus as our Lord and savior, then, you know, and we've not accepted him as our Lord and savior, you know, he, that's where we go. You know, that's where we go. And it's a real place. And there are churches today that do not preach on hell because they think it's unpopular or unsatisfactory because they want to keep their numbers. And it's like, you have to preach hell that it's a real place because where do the, you know, how do you explain where other people go that don't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? There's this you know, false doctrine saying that all religions lead to, to heaven and they don't. There's only one way to heaven and that's through, through Jesus. And that's, you know, that's the only way. And so he talks about hell and that, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of what other people think. You know, we shouldn't be afraid of what other people think of us, you know, when, we're standing up for our faith. It's, you know, I'm, I go based on my conviction and what the Holy Spirit puts in me and that, you know, if he's telling me that I'm supposed to say this and I don't, then I have to answer to the Lord on that. And I don't want to. So, and I'm going to be obedient. So, and you know, like he, he does say in verse 32, Whoever acknowledge me, acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. 
But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. And um, this Bible verse was used in the movie God's Not Dead. And it's when the the main character was having to decide if he was going to debate God's existence in this class. And, you know, he ends up choosing to acknowledge God in his in his class and debating, you know, the existence of God. And that's the same way with us is, you know, these days people are telling us to be silent about our belief because it could offend somebody. But, you know, if we truly love people and, and see them through the eyes of Jesus, we are going to tell them the truth even if if it offends them, even if it, you know, seems hurtful to them, because, you know, if you truly love somebody, you're going to tell them the truth, no matter what. And so that's how, you know, we should be. And then kind of going back, he, going back a little bit to verse 31, you know, um, Jesus says, you are worth more. And, you know, God, you know, our, you know, we are children of God and we have this access of intimacy with the Lord and, and we are great worth to the heavenly father. We don't, we don't think he, you know, sees us as worth, you know, and that's not true because, you know, the Lord, I mean, he sent his one and only son to die for our sins you know he went to great lengths to reconcile you know his relationship with with his creation you know with humans <laughs> and so we are worth more you know he values us he values our personal needs he desires our love and fellowship so that so much you know they sent jesus to die on the cross for us you know, we're never away from his presence, care and concern. We think there's this misconception thinking that God is so far away. Yes, he's in heaven, but he's continually around us. He's continually there. And especially when we have the Holy Spirit, there's, you know, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's this connection, this special connection with the Lord. And, you know, and so he knows our, our cares, our concerns, you know, we're so important to him. We're important to him. And he treasures, you know, our faithfulness, our love and loyalty, you know, above all earthly things. And when you're seeking after him, you know, with all with all your heart, he's going to provide for your needs. When you're serving him, he's going to provide. You know, when you're blessing others because you've been blessed, he's going to, you know, continue blessing you. Because of your love for him. And. So. Uh, that's just something that we need to know. Is that. We are valuable in God's eyes. And we don't need to worry about. You know about tomorrow. And what tomorrow is going to bring. Because he's he's already got it taken care of. You know. We, we need to enjoy the moment. And, the, and, and just worship him. And praise him for, for the day. And that his. His mercies are new every morning. 
and um, continuing on, he 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 talks about I did not come to bring peace, and there's this thing about division. It's just the same thing, you know. He is the Prince of Peace. And, you know, the truth must always be proclaimed in love. However, there is going to be division that happens because the sad thing about it is there are people that, you know, they're living, you know, under the lies of Satan. And so that's where the division comes from. It's not Jesus that brings division. It's the people that are underneath the lies of Satan that don't know him. You know, there are people out there that do not know, you know, that that they're living in the lies, that they're living in darkness. There are some that do know, that do, you know, reject God and 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 you know blatantly are are opposing him and so there's you know strife but you know we we have to pray when there is division when because the enemy wants to bring division he wants to bring division because he wants you know to hold on to those that he's got because you know, I, I totally believe that when somebody dies and goes to hell, I think it, it hurts the Lord's heart, you know, because he cares so much, even for those who are lost. I mean, you know, we, we're going to see a parable about, you know, the shepherd going for, for leaving the 99 for the one lost sheep and, you know, and that there's a party in heaven for, you know, one sinner that decides to repent. And it's like, I think, you know, there's sorrow when one sinner ends up dying and going to hell. I think there's that too. And so, you know, we see that and we have to pray when there's, there's division because, and it's praying for the people that, you know, the Lord will bring divine appointment into their life and that he will, um, that he'll bring divine appointment into their life, bring people into their life that maybe can reach better in, into their hearts than, than we could. I mean, there's just some people that we're not going to jive with and it's not going to be easy for us to, to preach the gospel to, but it's easier for somebody else. And, you know, and, and that you pray that the lies of Satan be lifted off of them and that, you know, Christ's light be a part of their lives. And so there's that. And finally, he ends up talking about, you know, receiving, you know, um, he goes about receiving a prophet and you get a reward for receiving a prophet and a righteous man. You know, it's referring, you know, he's talking about, you know, to the most frequently rejected and persecuted because of their stand for godliness and their proclamation of the truth. You know, we're going to see in several 
areas where there's prophets that, you know, like I'm in the book of Jeremiah, like on my private study. And I mean, he was beaten for, for standing up against, you know, the people in Judah, because he's like, you guys are sinning so bad. And the Lord is sending the Babylonians to, you know, take you away. You need to repent. And, you know, those are the people that are the most rejected because they stand up for what is true and, and righteous. And, you know, in our commitment to faith, we need to, you know, one, pray for our pastors because our pastors, you know, our evangelists, our missionaries, they're on the front line, especially in the crosshairs of Satan, because he wants nothing more to attack these, these men and women who answer the call of God to, to serve and minister to people. You know, he wants to ruin their lives. He wants to sabotage their marriages. He wants to sabotage their integrity. And, you know, and if they die, you know, it's it's hard because really Satan kind of loses when somebody who's a believer dies because they pretty much go to be with the Lord. But he pretty much, we have to pray for our pastors, our evangelists, you know, our our missionaries, because they're on the front line and we have to support them and encourage them because they are the ones that are easily rejected and persecuted as well. And because, you know, they, they leave everything behind, you know, a normal job, a, a, a life of comfort because they're going to serve the Lord. They're leaving a lot of things behind and and rejecting a lot of things and so we have to you know we really need to encourage our pastors and pray for them and you know like October is pastors appreciation month but I think pastor appreciation should go beyond October it should be every single day that pastors and even evangelists and missionaries they need to be appreciated because of what they do and for the Lord and for the kingdom. And so that's pretty much it for today. Um, our daily reading for tomorrow is Genesis 30, um, verse 18 through chapter 31, verse 35. Psalm 10, verses 1 through 11. Proverbs 2 verses 12 through 15 and Matthew 11 verses 1 through 19. So I'm going to end with a prayer real quick. And so Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you for loving us, Lord, and being with us, Lord. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit just take captive of us and that, Lord, we would just feel the sense of urgency to share the gospel, Lord Jesus, with those around us, Lord. And Lord, I just pray, God, that there would just be revival, Lord, that there would be such a hunger to know you and to share you with our neighbors, with our coworkers, Lord, with classmates. Um, and so, Lord, we just thank you, God, for all that you're doing, Lord. Just keep pushing back the darkness, Lord, and letting your light penetrate in areas that, that need 
your light, Lord God. And we just thank you, God. We thank you for pastors. We thank you for evangelists. We thank you for missionaries who who step out into the front line for your kingdom, Lord God. And we just pray that you would be with, with them today, Lord. We pray for a hedge of protection around them, Lord God, and that you will bless them, that you will guide and direct them, give them times of refreshment, O oh Lord Jesus. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Thank mm-hmm. you.